Yes, good morning everyone. As Heather said, my name is Jenna and I'm really excited that I get to share with you guys this morning. As you may be aware, we've been following a series called Lessons in Lockdown, and if you've missed any of those, um, then you can catch up with them online. Um, but we really, through this series, have been looking at what has God been saying to us, both individually and as a church. So today, I have got some things that I believe um, God has been speaking to me personally about that I want to share with you, and I really hope that this message is an encouragement to you and a reminder that you are not alone in this time. I don't know how lockdown has been going for you guys. How are you? How are you doing? For me, um, personally, I found it to be a complete roller coaster of emotions. You know, in the space of one day, sometimes I can experience a whole range of emotions. One minute, everything is calm and peaceful and I'm, I'm feeling quite good and positive about the whole situation. You know, my daughter might be doing the work that I've set her um, my baby is napping when he should be and I might even manage a hot cup of tea. Um, but then suddenly in an instant and it's laughable how quickly it can change. You know, sometimes I wish I could almost video these moments and watch them back later. Um, but in the time, it's definitely not laughable. Um, you know, everything can suddenly change and be flipped up on its head. You know, the babies then start, the children then start arguing and screaming at each other. I'm shouting and screaming and the whole house just erupts into chaos. Um, and things, yeah, things can just change so quickly. I'm all over the place some days. And then there are other days I wake up and I am just done. I'm just frustrated and fed up and just really upset about the whole situation. And I just, I'm exhausted. I don't know how I'm going to get through uh, the day, let alone the weeks to come. And you know, it's in those moments particularly that I have had to uh, rely on God. I've had to go to him and I found myself crying out to him, telling him how I feel, telling him that I just can't go on. And his response has just been so loving and so kind. And he just says, yes, yes, you can. You can keep going, keep going. You can do it. Don't think about the weeks ahead. Don't even think about the day ahead if that's not what you can manage. Just to step at a time, one step at a time, one foot in front of the other. Sometimes the path that we're on is dark and it's uncertain. You know, we can't always see what's ahead of us. We can't see the twists and the turns, the ups and the downs. We can't even see where the path is going to end. But, you know, we walk by faith. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. And some versions of the Bible say that we live by faith and not by sight. That's in Colossians, and sorry, 2 Corinthians. We can't see what's in front of us at the moment. You know, we don't know what the future is like. Um, it, it looks a little dark at the moment, but we need to keep on taking those steps in faith, one step at a time, knowing that we serve a good God who loves us, who is for us, who has good plans for us. And the best thing of all, he is walking the path with us right next to us. That has given me such comfort during this time and it's kept me going in the times that I needed it the most. So first of all, if that's you this morning, I just want to say that you are not alone. And yes, you can walk this road just one step at a time. Mark spoke a few weeks ago um, about how God is using lockdown as a time to recalibrate and to realign ourselves um, with God and what he says. And that has been so true for me because God has been using this time where 
everything has been stripped right back to basics um, to expose some things in me which, if I'm really honest with you, are a little bit ugly. Paul says in Hebrews uh, 12 verses 1 to 2, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So God has been revealing some things in me which I need to let go of or throw off uh, during this time. And I just want to ask the question, what is it that he has been asking you to throw off? He reveals these things to us, not because he wants to shame us or to make us feel bad or rubbish, but because he wants to set us free. Isn't that amazing? He wants to set us free so that we can walk in all that he has for us um, and walk in all that he has called us to be. So this morning, we're going to look at three things um, that I believe he is telling us to throw off or to quit doing, to stop doing. So number one, Quit comparing. Quit comparing. We all do it, don't we? Maybe you guys are better at it, at better at not doing it than me. But I know for me, I compare myself a lot. I did it before lockdown. And actually, I think I've been doing it probably more um, in lockdown. Maybe because I'm on social media a little bit more. Um, who knows? But I've definitely found myself to be comparing myself to other people. You know, I catch myself scrolling or swiping through posts on uh, Facebook or Instagram and comparing myself to them. Do you do that? Comparing the way you look um, or how you are as a mother or as a father, comparing your business or success in the workplace or even comparing yourself as a Christian. You know, my daughter, um, she's five, uh, Sienna, she started uh, school in September. And so I joined the parent WhatsApp group. Um, and although I'm really thankful for this little community of mums that I've got to know through the WhatsApp group, I'm also really thankful for the mute button. <laughs> Honestly, in those early days um, when the school closed, there was just this continuous stream of messages and photos and even videos of all these amazing, incredible things that parents were doing with their children, like these colour-coded timetables of the day, um, what resources they'd ordered for all their art and craft activities they had planned, um, all these baking and gardening ideas. And don't get me wrong, these things are amazing. And shout out to all the super mums or super parents who are being able to do that during this time. But for me, it left me feeling really discouraged because there was no way that I was going to be able to do that stuff. You know, I've got a five-year-old daughter, but I've also got two little boys who fully depend on me still, and they have a lot of needs. Um, so comparing myself to these other people left me feeling nothing but a failure. I felt like I was failing my daughter. I felt like I was failing as a mum and as a teacher. Would you believe it? I'm actually a primary school teacher. So I felt like I was failing that I wasn't able to do this stuff at home. And I had to quickly, very quickly let go of that stuff. Because the more I compared myself to, to other people and what they were doing, the more I just felt discouraged. I felt rubbish and I just felt not good enough. And I'm not surprised because in Proverbs 14, verse 30, the Bible says that a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. 
envy rots the bones. So comparing ourselves or being envious of others not only makes us feel all those negative things, but it actually is harmful to our bodies. It's, it rots us from the inside. Theodore Roosevelt was right when he said that comparison is the thief of joy. It is, right? I don't know if you felt that, but I certainly did. My joy was being taken, was being sucked out of me the more I've been comparing myself. And that is not what God wants for us. It's the enemy that comes to kill, to steal and to destroy. But it's Jesus that comes to give us life in all its fullness. God wants us to quit comparing ourselves that he can restore that joy in us. So what can we do about it? You know, I don't think that we intentionally set out to compare ourselves. It's something that just happens. It, it naturally um, seems to happen. Um, so if it's not intentional that we do compare ourselves, then we need to be intentional in making sure that we are equipped when the temptation to do so comes. Stop imitating. This is a verse from Romans 12 verse 2. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. So stop comparing yourself, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in our eyes. We need to be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how we think. We need to train our thoughts. We need to renew our mind and ask the Holy Spirit to help us be intentional in avoiding comparison. So there are a few practical ways that I think we can do this. Number one, believe that God made you by design. Believe he made you by design. Psalm 139 verse 14 um, tells us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Just let that sink in a minute. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And fearfully in this context means to be full of reverence and respect at God and how he made us. And wonderfully that we are distinct and we are unique, full of wonder. And I don't know about you guys, but I, I've heard that verse many times before. But do I really believe that? Do I really believe I'm fearfully and wonderfully made? You know, I need to keep reminding myself how God sees me. So I need to keep reading the truths in the Bible so that they sink into my heart. And I also need to keep speaking out simple prayers to remind me how God sees me. So, you know, when I'm seeing those posts, thank you, God, for making them them. But thank you, God, for making me me. Thank you that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And if it helps, maybe stick those, those truths up around your house where you're going to see them a lot because gradually then they'll start to sink in. And the next thing we can do is to choose compliments over comparison. Let's be a people who encourage and build each other up. Let's outdo each other with compliments. Not so that it's creepy, but um, let's keep it real. You know, if someone is wearing a top, um, you've also got and they're wearing it better than you tell them that they're wearing it really well you know if you uh, loved how a colleague at work presented that information or that data to everybody tell them or tell that father in the shop that you see who's handling a, a toddler tantrum um, tell them they handled it really well 
not only will that person leave feeling uplifted and encouraged and acknowledged, but actually it changes our mindset and it helps us to get rid of that critical spirit that so easily comes up in us. And thirdly, only compare yourself to Jesus. In Corinthians, Paul tells us that we should be imitators only of Christ. He is the one that we should be levelling ourselves with. You know, there's nothing wrong with trying to better ourselves. In fact, we should try and be the best version of ourselves that we can be. But let's not do that by looking to the left or the right at other people. Let's keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and let's just continue to imitate him the best that we can. So quit comparing because it steals your joy and it steals your peace. The second thing that God has been teaching me to do is to quit complaining we all love a good moan, don't we? Well, I know that I do, for sure. Um, well, actually, I think I'm quite, in general, a positive person. But I know that um, during lockdown, especially in those early weeks, I did find myself complaining quite a lot about not seeing family and friends, um, about... Uh, my daughter not being able to go to school, although obviously I know the reasons behind it, about the government's response to everything, etc, etc. And the worrying thing was that the more I did it, the more I found things to complain about. And apparently this is actually backed up by science because repeated complaining actually rewires your brain to make future complaining more likely. It's something to do with enhancing all the neural pathways in your brain. Um, so you actually end up seeing the world more negatively and that's why it's easier to complain about things. So I'm not saying that we shouldn't be honest with God. In fact, he, he wants us to be honest. He wants us to share every detail of our lives with him. So share with him things that you're not happy about. Share with him things that you want to have a good moan about. Complain to him, but don't make a lifestyle out of it. Don't be so concerned with complaining that you miss God's blessings in your life and the countless opportunities to praise him. You know, as I started to reflect on how much I was complaining, I realised that I needed to focus more on giving God thanks. Even when it's hard to be thankful, and sometimes it is really hard, we have to choose to adopt an attitude of thankfulness and of gratitude and of praise because we do have so, so much to be thankful for. So I started saying simple prayers of thanks every day, you know, thanking God for mine and my family's health, thanking him that we have money to pay the bills, that we have a roof over our head, um, that my kids get to have this extra time building bonds together, um, thankful that we have a garden, you know, etc, etc. Doing this not only started to change my heart, but it started to create a culture in our home of thankfulness because, you know, my children sure know how to complain as well. Psalm 107 verse 1, I love this. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. When we give God thanks, we shift the focus from our circumstances and from looking inward at what's what's wrong, what's going on that we don't like. We shift that and we remember and declare who God is, that he is good always. He is good and his love endures forever. 
And you know, the Israelites, I take some comfort in this because the Israelites too, um, like us, needed reminding to stop complaining. There's a book in the Bible in the Old Testament called Numbers. And in there we read about who the Israelites, who, by the way, have just been set free um, from slavery by God in Egypt, um, they start complaining about all their hardships and things that they don't like. And even when God provides them food in the form of manna every single day, they start complaining that there's no meat. And in fact, they even say, oh, I wish we were back in Egypt because we had fish there. At least we could have our meat in Egypt. And I mean, if you're like me, I read this and I was like, I can't believe they would do that. But we do that too, don't we? I know I do that. The Israelites had let go, had, had let their circumstances consume them. They had lost their focus on who God is and what he had done for them. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. When we focus on what we do have and not on what we don't have, our whole perspective changes and we can have thankful hearts even when we're not thankful for the situation that we find ourselves in. So it means that we can be angry and still thankful. We can be hurt or upset and still thankful. We can be scared or anxious and still thankful. We can be so over lockdown and still thankful. So quit comparing, quit complaining, and number three, quit compromising. C.S. Lewis um, said, how you respond to an interruption is who you actually are. How you respond to an interruption is who you actually are. You know, our lives have been interrupted well and truly, haven't they? You know, no one planned to stop working for this long. No one planned to um, be working from home or to have to stop meeting up with family and friends to stay in our house as much as possible. Our lives have been interrupted and God has been revealing parts of me and my heart that actually aren't that pleasing to him during this time. I was going through um, a time at the beginning of lockdown where I found myself being really short tempered um, and impatient, particularly with my husband, poor AJ. Um, you know, we found ourselves bickering a lot more than normal. And I said some things that weren't particularly kind or loving. And I realised that although this time is really difficult and, you know, it's a challenge for everyone, naturally I'm going to take my frustrations out on the people who are closest to me. There was no excuse to compromise on how I speak to people or how I behave. You know, despite the situation that I find myself in, I still need to be kind and loving and careful with my attitude and my words. God told me to quit compromising. Compromising means doing something um, other than what you know is best. So making excuses, in other words. You know, it's okay to be short-tempered with him because this is a really difficult situation and he knows how much stress I'm under. It's okay to be impatient with my kids because these days are so long. Yes, God understands our struggles and I'm so thankful that he is quick to forgive us. But we know deep down that this stuff is not okay and I'm learning that I need to make a decision daily to clothe myself in what God says I should. Colossians 3 verses 12 to 14 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, 
holy and dearly loved. Clothe yourselves, put on, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with one another and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one, one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And you know, I love how that passage starts with a reminder, firstly, of who we are. We are God's chosen people. We are holy. We are dearly loved. Before he goes on to tell us what we should be clothing ourselves in. We have to put those things on. You know, when I read that and I saw that it says to clothe ourselves, I realised that it's God saying we have to make a choice. We have to put those things on. We have to choose to be compassionate and kind and humble, gentle and patient and forgiving. They are not always going to come easy, but let's not compromise in doing those things when things get tough. I love the Passion translation of this passage in Philippians 4 verses 8 to 9. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honourable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. Follow the example of all that we've imparted to you and the God of peace will be with you in all things. So let's keep our thoughts continually fixed on those things that are good. Let us not compromise um, on community or, or spending time in worship or our relationships or the way we conduct ourselves just because times are different. In fact, let's press in to Jesus like never before. Let's fasten our thoughts on every glorious work of God. Why? So that we will have God's peace in all things. We'll have God's peace right now. So those three things, and I'm sure there are way more, but they're a good start. Let's quit comparing, let's quit complaining, and let's quit compromising. It's because of his great love for us that God wants us to throw these things off so that we can not just walk, but we can run with perseverance the race that he has marked out for each one of us. So I'm just going to pray to finish. Father, I want to thank you that you are a good God. I want to thank you that you love us and that you have good plans for us. Thank you that although we don't always see the path ahead of us, Lord, we know that you are with us in all things, that we can walk in confidence. And God, we want to say that we're really sorry for when we do things that don't please you. Would you help us, Lord, to let go of those things? Would you help us to see ourselves how, as you see us? Would you help us to stop complaining and to be thankful for all the blessings that you've poured out into our lives? And also, God, would you help us to clothe ourselves in everything that comes from you? Thank you, Lord. And if there's other specific things that we need to let go of in our lives, Father, I just pray now that you would reveal those to us by your Holy Spirit. God, we give you permission to reveal those things to us so that we can start throwing those things off. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you never leave us. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys and I hope to see you really soon.